Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're in a sermon series titled God Given. Uh, the intent of this series is to compel us towards the things that God desires for our lives. And the preface of this series is remember this truth, that God is good. Say that with me. God is good. The devil is bad. Say it. The devil is bad. Why would you say that, Pastor? Because John 10.10 says that these are Jesus' words. He says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus desires that we live in an abundant life, not a scarce life, not a limited life, an abundant life. Say that with me, abundant life. Say it one more time, abundant life. Some of you don't believe it, that's why I'm having you say it again. He wants us to live an abundant life. The question that that we need to ask ourselves, are we living an abundant life or are we allow the enemy to rob us of the abundance that God desires for us? Today, we're going to dive into a topic that is probably one of the most thought about topics in society today. But it's also a topic that many people just prefer not to discuss in public. It's a hot topic that can cause friction, it can cause unrest among people. And what is that topic? The topic is identity. Identity. I believe God has a word for us as a body of Christ today that I believe can be life-changing for us if we grab a hold of this word. I believe it's for every one of us today. And um, I want to start with prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your word are just not letters on a page. But your word, Lord God, is life-giving. It's um, something that penetrates our heart, our mind, our soul. I pray today, Lord God, that we just won't breeze through this, but God, that as your word is shared, it will take um, root, like seeds that take root in our, in our inner being. And Lord God, it will start to grow. And Lord, we will start seeing life change in us because of your word, Lord God. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Identity. From a psychological viewpoint, identity encompasses the values people hold, which dictate the choices that we make. Identity encompasses the values that people hold, which dictate the choices that we make. So identity is influenced naturally by our family, by our education, by our experiences, by our spiritual beliefs. Identity can also be influenced by different roles that we hold in society as a father, as a mother, at whatever job that you might hold. Maybe you're an attorney or a teacher or a lawyer, whatever it might be, whatever situation. You know what? That affects our identity. Our identity is formed over time by the values that we choose to accept or believe. The identity that we have in our life is formed By the values we choose to accept and believe. As you probably know, identity can be one of the greatest struggles in our lives. Maybe you've woken up with this thought, man, you know what? I just don't like who I am. Anybody ever done that? (laughs) I just don't like who I am. 
or maybe you've had this nagging feeling that there must be something more to this life. It can't be just this. I've had people come to our church because that was deep inside of them. There must be something more. And then all of a sudden they come to church and they go, this is it. This is what I was missing. Maybe you struggle with how others tend to perceive you. That all of a sudden you've been labeled. You've been looked at differently. They they perceive you differently than what you want for your identity. Or maybe outside influences, influences have planted seeds of doubt. And you're struggling on knowing who you really are. I remember I had an identity crisis when I turned 40 years old. I did. Midlife crisis, you could call it. Identity crisis. Um, we, we were called by God to go to Las Vegas to help plant a church. And, and I was struggling. You, some of you have heard that story. And I was struggling. I came out of Seattle, Washington, where there's evergreens, where there's mountains, where you don't see your neighbor, where you don't see thousands of your neighbors right from your one house. You know, you're not living in one valley that is, that is just like you're isolated to that one valley. That's not Seattle. Seattle is vast. And, and Vegas is vast desert. I struggled when we went there because, man, I was leaving my friendships. I was leaving my family. I was leaving all the things I knew. And it was a struggle for all of our family, not just me. But for me, for whatever reason, for me, it seemed like it was more of a struggle because I was just about ready to turn 40. And I'm looking at life and thinking, what have I accomplished? I haven't accomplished nothing. I've wasted 40. Have you ever been there? I've wasted 40 years of my life. It was all the lie of the enemy. There's nothing truth about that. I had, you know, God was working through my life. There was things that I had accomplished. And Annette and I knew that we had been called to go to Las Vegas to help plant this church. Because God, you know, and just because God calls you doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. See, my struggle was real. It was a year of fighting. Honestly, it was a year of fighting discouragement and depression for me. Annette knows my struggle. Every other day I was struggling. And it's crazy because I was really living the great life. I had a beautiful wife. I had three wonderful children. I I was helping lead this church that was growing like crazy. There was nothing really to be discouraged or depressed about, but I was. I could not find my identity. And what what I was struggling with is all I could look at was my losses. I lost my youth. I'm now 40 years old. Man, it's all down. Man, I wish I was 40 again. (laughs) I lost my friends. I lost the extended family. My identity was being shaken. You see, our identity of who we are can be very fragile at times. And our identity can be easily shaken by the outside influences that come into our life. And it can change our lives. We can start questioning A lot of things about our life. People make crazy, crazy decisions because they feel lost, lonely, and misunderstood. You've seen the old man driving the new sports car with a young 20-year-old girl next to him in the passenger seat who is not his daughter. And his toupee is flying up in the wind. It's called an identity crisis, midlife crisis. A crisis in identity can happen at any age. But man, we're seeing it higher, the higher struggle among our youth more than ever before. And I honestly believe, and this is personal, 
I honestly believe that many of the issues that we see today are happening because we have allowed those who are in identity crisis to form and to teach our younger generation. Here's the truth. If you want to write something down, write this down. When we build our lives strictly around human values, we will always find ourselves in crisis. When we build our lives around human values, we will always find ourselves in crisis. Why? Because human values are constantly changing. They're here today, gone tomorrow. They're just, they just kind of float in the wind. Our lives were created to be built upon godly values, not humanistic values. And it is through those godly values that we should filter every other choice, every other decision that we make should be filtered through not humanistic values, but through godly values. See, every person has been given a God-given identity. In discovering your God-given identity, you also discover freedom in your life. Freedom from the expectations of this world and freedom to, to be bold in your relationship to follow Jesus. So today I want to look at that. I want to look how our, at our identity from a biblical perspective. And one of the first scriptures in the Bible that mentions our identity is found in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. If you have your Bibles, you feel free to turn there. If you're watching us online, you can turn there or you can watch it on the screen. Listen to these words. Genesis 1, 27 says, So God created human beings in his own image. Say that. In his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Two things in this scripture. First of all, it states very clearly, God created male and female. So that's our identity. Male or female. I know there's a lot of other opinions out there. I go to God's word. The second thing that's so important for us to understand is that God created us in his own image. This is what distinguishes us from all of creation. Humanity is created in God's image. Contrary to popular opinion, you did not come from monkey. You did not come from animals. I know you might love your dog. I know you might love your cat. I know you have your pet, but you did not come from them. You were created in the image of God. In fact, I would argue just that thinking that thought, guess what, offends God. Because we're created in his image. We were not created in an image of an animal. And I love animals, okay? So I'm not an animal hater. Don't start blowing up my, my email. Why do you hate? I love animals. But animals are here to serve me, not me to serve them. Oh, I almost went in a whole other direction. I'm not going to do that. Sorry. Woo, Jesus, bring me back. Holy Spirit, help me. We were created both body and soul. And it was the very breath of God that, brought us, brought, that he breathed into our body. Our identity is found 100% in God. And knowing our identity is, value, is so valuable to the success of our life. It, without knowing our identity, guess what? You're going to be lost. You need to know your identity in God. Our enemy Satan knows this truth. And our enemy Satan wants to rob each and every one of us of our identity. Look at Matthew 3.16. This is the account that Jesus is giving or is given about Jesus' baptism from John the Baptist. 
He's going to be baptized by John the Baptist as before his ministry even gets started. And then immediately after his baptism, the Holy Spirit is going to usher him into the wilderness for 40 days of, of, of fasting. And this is where he takes where his temptation from the enemy, from Satan, takes place. And I want to read this account. Matthew 3, verses 16 and 17. And it says, and when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. In Scripture, the first words God speaks over Jesus centers on his identity. God identifies Jesus as his own. This is my son. This is my child. This is my one and only son. He is my beloved son. He is the one that I love. Up to this point, Jesus had not started his public ministry. He had not started, there was no miracles, at least that are recorded in Scripture, prior to his baptism, prior to him going into the wilderness and being tested by the, by the devil. Nothing has started at this point. And why this is so important, because many times we identify people by their performance. God identified Jesus as his son prior to Jesus performing any miracles. See, Jesus didn't have to earn God's love by performing. God's love was already with Jesus. And it's a reminder for all of us that we don't earn God's love. God's love is already with us. We just need to accept God's love. For some of you, it's tough. This is the message of the gospel. For God so loved the world. God has given us the great opportunity to find grace through his son Jesus. It is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. And the Bible says, while we were still sinners, guess what? Christ died for us. While we were still sinners, while we didn't even know who God's love was, we didn't even understand God's love at that point. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Before we even understood God's love, God already loved you. God's love is not dependent upon you. It's so important. Why is that so important, Pastor Tom? Because if we don't earn God's love, then we should have no fear of losing God's love. If we don't earn God's love, why are you fearful of losing God's love? God loves us. God loves us even if we don't love him. When we step into this truth of knowing that God loves us, it becomes, a, it becomes a game changer in how we navigate through this life. When we understand that we are God's creation, that God has a plan for our life, it changes the way we think, it changes the way we do things, it changes how we have a perspective on life. And Satan knows the power we have when we find our identity in God. Satan knows the power that you will have if you step into your identity with Christ. It's interesting, Satan's first words to Jesus in the wilderness also centered on Jesus' identity. 
Just as God said when he was baptized and Jesus came out of the water, this is my beloved son whom I am well pleased. Guess what the first words that Satan used on Jesus, it happens in Matthew chapter 4 verse 3 as he goes out into the wilderness and he's being tempted by, by Satan. It says, and the tempter came and said to him, if, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God, what is happening? What is the enemy trying to do? Satan is trying to create doubt and confusion in Jesus about his identity. If you are the Son of God, Satan was trying to cause division. Satan was trying to trick Jesus into following his will instead of following his heavenly Father's will. The focus of Satan's temptation was for Jesus to no longer identify himself with God, but to identify himself with Satan. In fact, the last temptation Satan posed to Jesus, the very last one, he says, if you bow down and worship me, I will give you all the kingdoms that you can see. I'll give you the kingdoms of this world if you just bow down and worship me. And Jesus responded with this scripture, you must worship the Lord your God and, and him only will I serve. You must worship the Lord your God. Think about that thought. Satan was offering Jesus the kingdom of this world for his worship. Like Satan had something, like he's greater than Jesus. What has Satan offered you for your worship? It's got so quiet in this place. What are you willing to give your worship away for? What is that thing that, man, okay, I'm going to go down this road. What does Satan offer you for your worship? You see, it's the same lie that the devil uses again and again and again. He wants us to believe the lie, and I want you to catch this. He wants us to believe, believe the lie that he is greater than us. He wants you to forget who you are in Christ. Satan is a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a cheat. He's an accuser. He's an oppressor. He is evil. There is nothing else. Satan wants to steal your identity. He wants you to believe that you are of his kingdom. He wants you to believe that you are the, of the kingdom of this world. And Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 15, verse 19, he says these words, You are no longer part of the world. I chose you to come out of the world. Jesus is talking about the evils of this world, the ungodliness and the selfishness that is promoted by Satan. It's a temptation of this world. But if you are following Jesus, you no longer, guess this, if you are choosing to follow Jesus, then you no longer belong to this world. You no longer should identify this world. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. When you make a cho choice, I'm going to follow Jesus, you're saying goodbye to the evils of this world. The Apostle Paul challenges us to take on our new God-given identity and start living our new life in Jesus. He writes to the church in Colossians, Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. We're going to read some scripture here today. Follow along with me, verses 1 through 12. 
But Paul writes, he says to this church, he says, since, and it's really to us. Take this, take this word as for us. Since you have been raised to new life with Christ. Have you been raised with new life with Christ? Come on. Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of, the, of earth. For you died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Your real life. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Your real life, you hide Christ, not in the sense that we're supposed to be the light, but that word where you're going to hide Christ, what it means is that you're going to protect that which is important to you. You're going to guard it. Nothing is going to come and try to steal it away from me because this is my identity. My identity is found in Jesus Christ and him alone. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world. But now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. It even talks about dirty language in the Bible. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature, and it's all wicked deeds. Put on your new nature. Put on your new identity. And put on your new nature. Where did I lose? I got so excited. Where Where am I at? Yeah. And be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters as he lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. When we choose to follow Jesus, we choose to die to the worldly thoughts and actions that are not of God. Our real identity is now found in Jesus Christ. We put away the old ways and we must put, put on our new identity, our new nature. And we do this by, we dis, by discovering who Jesus is, by knowing Jesus. Notice Paul writes, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, slave or free. All that matters is Christ in us. Did you catch that? It doesn't matter if you... What your nationality is, it doesn't matter what your profession is, it doesn't matter what you, what, how you're looked at, all that matters is Christ in us. Jesus said in John 8, 32, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Leave that up, don't take that down, just leave that up for a while. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. It's so important for us to know the truth. To know Jesus, to know his word. Why is that so important? Because we need the word of God. We need the power of his Holy Spirit to speak into our minds, to speak into our heart, to speak into our lives, to direct us on each every part of our day of which way we're going to choose, which way. Lord, speak to me. You can't have the Lord speak to me if you've never opened up his Bible to know his word. You know what? When I, the more I read God word, God's word, the more God speaks to me. The more I, I hide God's word in my heart, one a person we were talking about the other day, he says, how do you memorize scripture? I said, I don't. I'm, I'm, I'm horrible at memorizing. In fact, you know, I can't remember your names. 
I mix them all up. I struggle with it. I'm horrible at it. But there's something powerful that takes place as I read God's word. I don't have to memorize God's word. But just because I read God's word, all of a sudden the power of the Holy Spirit brings it back into my memory. All of a sudden it just comes flooding back. We need God's word in our life. See, because God's word, God's truth will set you free. What will the truth set me free from? Pastor Tom, I live in America. I have freedom. Well, well, how can God's word set me? God's word will set you free from the bondage of sin. That is what is being referenced in this passage of scripture in John chapter 8. It's all about the bondage of sin. How the bondage of sin holds us. And, 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 and it all of a sudden kind of just, you can't get loose. Have you ever been... Have you ever been like on the bottom of a pile or, or someone has, has held you and you get kind of claustrophobic and you can't get loose? Sin will do that to you. The truth of God's word will start to set you free. Where you no longer feel trapped. You no longer feel in bondage. It is so important for us to know the truth. To know Jesus. To know his word. Sets us free from sin trying to control our life. You no longer have to be a slave to sin. Through Jesus, you can be set free from sin, set free from condemnation, set free from spiritual death. You have a new identity. Your identity is found in Jesus Christ. It's a God-given identity. In John chapter 8, where Jesus states the truth will set you free, Jesus is speaking to the religious leaders and the Pharisees who were accusing Jesus of being a liar. They didn't understand the words of Jesus because they were still living under the bondage of sin. Read, read John 8 today. Go home. Will you read, if, you want, if, you, if you will read John 8 today, raise your hand real high with me. Okay, thank you. Read Gospel of John chapter 8 today when you go home. Because the truth will set you free. They didn't understand the words of Jesus because they were still living under the bondage of sin. They didn't want to let go of their evil deeds. They hated the truth because, catch this, they hated the truth because it conflicted with their current lifestyle. Anybody, anybody been there? Yeah, come on. Let's get real. Don't be holier than thou here. Come on. Jesus tells them, you prefer the darkness. It says it in Scripture. You prefer the darkness because you are children of the Father, your devil. As they loved to do evil things, they identified with the darkness. You see, truth will always conflict with darkness. Light will always conflict with darkness. But light always wins. Turn it on, immediately darkness flees. Darkness hates the light of truth because it exposes our evil actions. It's like rats. If you have a room full of rats, if you turn on the lights, man, guess what? They try to scatter. They try to hide. They try to go anyplace. They hate the light. They're nocturnal animals. They hate the light. If you put the light on, it hurts. They hate the light. Satan is nocturnal spiritually. He hates the light. He loves to reside in darkness. And you will know the truth. And the light of truth will set you free. The only way to find freedom is to embrace the truth. It's to embrace the light of God's word. 
And it, I'll tell you what, for some, it's like, whew, immediate freedom. For others, it's a struggle. It's diff- it can be difficult in the beginning. Because, in, and the Bible talks about this. Because your old nature is sensitive to the light. Your old nature is sensitive to the truth. Your old nature wants to defend the lies. Your old nature wants to defend your evil ways. Your old nature wants to be, be, becomes defensive and angry. Have you ever been called out for something that you know is wrong and someone else calls you out and you go, Holy, you're, you're, yeah, you're all that bag of chips. I know what you do. And, you. and all of a sudden we get really defensive because all of a sudden the light has exposed something in us. And we get this defensive and all of a sudden we start putting these guard. No, 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 no. Let the light expose your sin and be glad about it. The word of God says all we have to do is confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is Lord. And if we bring our, our confession to the Lord, Lord, these, he is faithful and just to forgive you of your sins if you'll bring them to Jesus. Why hold on to them? They're destroying your identity. Why grab a hold of them and try to carry your sins along with following Christ? I can't get there. I don't know why. Let go of the sin. Start following Jesus. I'm not saying you're going to be perfect. I don't want to put you under condemnation where all of a sudden you make it. No, God's forgiveness is there. But your identity is no longer there with your sin. Your identity is with Jesus Christ. It might be difficult in the beginning. See, truth will divide. Sometimes we don't like to hear that word, but Jesus said, I didn't come to bring peace, I came to bring the sword. Truth will divide. Each person must decide which side of the dividing line are you willing to put your hope. Where are you going to take your stance? Joshua said, for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The key is that we must grab a hold of the truth. And you need to grab a hold of this truth. But you can't grab a hold of the truth until you're willing to let go of the lie. You can't grab a hold of the truth if you're, going to, if you're just going to continue to hold on to the lie. You at some point have to say, okay, I'm going to let go of the lie so I can grab a hold of the truth. You can't be divided. Jesus said no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. To embrace the truth, you need to reject the lie. You can't hang on to the lie. Call the lie for what it is. It's a lie from the devil. It's not the truth. Stop believing the lie. I've seen many people repent over and over over for their sins. And I just shared with you, it's good that you repent of your sins. 1 John 1, 9 says, declares that we are to confess our sins. And he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But if you want to stop living in your sin then you must choose to reject the false identity that's been put on your life and you must put on your new identity that is found in Jesus Christ. James writes these words in James 4, 7. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Put on your new identity. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Reject the lies. Resist the devil. Reject the lies that are being spoken over you. 
The, re- the Greek word in that scripture, resist, means to stand against. It means to oppose. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean to just lightly stand against, against it and then eventually that you're going to succumb to it. No, no. It means to stand against. It means to oppose. Oppose the lies of the enemy. Oppose the ideas of the devil. How does this play out in our life? I want to give you a couple practical examples. Don't look at the clock. We're almost done. I told you not to look. Don't look. Oppose the lie that I am worthless. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I reject the lie that I am a failure. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Stand against the lie that I am alone. For the scripture says, fear not, for I am with you. Reject the lie that I am unloved. For the scripture says, what can separate you from the love of God? And all the other lies, all the other things that are trying to steal your identity, you can use 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus my Lord. I am the righteousness of your struggle. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus my Lord. Doesn't matter what takes place, what some like. I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus my Lord. What, I am the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. You stand on God's truth and you, you, you denounce what the devil is trying to tell you. It's time to stop living in an identity that is influenced by the lies of the enemy. And it's time to start living your true identity that is found in Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 5.17, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All the old things have passed away. All things have become new because of who Jesus is. I am no longer a slave to sin. I am dead to sin. I'm alive in Christ. I am a child of God, set free by his sacrifice on the cross set free. I am free. I will no longer live in the bondage. I will, li- I will choose to live in freedom. You need to declare the truth of God over your life. If you've been living under a lie for most of your life, it's time to renounce those lies and start be- believing the, your identity that's found in Jesus Christ. Start living under the truth. And sometimes it's a daily reminder each and every moment of the day. Write it on your mirror as you're getting ready in the morning. I am the righteousness of Christ through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Write it on your mirror. Put it on a post-it note in your car. Put it in your workplace. Man, plaster it over your computer. Wherever you need the righteousness of Christ, remind yourself, I am, make it your screensaver. Put it on your Instagram. Put it, get rid of your Instagram. Get rid of your Facebook. Get rid of your Twitter. Oh my gosh, Pastor Tom's going nuts. Are you kidding me? It says in the Bible, it's better to cut off your right hand if it's causing you to sin. It's better to cut off those things that are causing you to sin than guess what? All of a sudden, losing your identity to the Satan. <laughs> Jesus, ah, no, 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 you don't understand. I will only worship the Lord Almighty. I'm not going to worship you. There's no way. Let's put on our God-given identity through Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, God, that your word is powerful, it's effective. I pray today, Lord God, as I shared this word, I pray over people's hearts and minds, mine included. I pray as a church, as a body of believers, 
that we choose to put you first in every area of our life, in our struggles, Lord. When we struggle and we're, we're, we're doubting, we're, we're fearful, or whatever, God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, you remind us that we are the righteousness of Christ. That we are the righteousness of God and it is through you, Lord. It's through your righteousness. For those who struggle right now are struggling with just the bondage of sin, times they feel like they can't breathe. God, I pray, set them free in Jesus' name. Lord, I rebuke any hold that Satan is trying to have on our kids, on our children, on our youth, on us as adults, on our seniors, whoever it might be, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. God, I pray the power of your spirit upon us, Lord God, as a church, that, Lord God, that we will be drawn toward holiness. Lord God, we will be drawn toward truth. Lord God, that we will find our identity in your love, that we will find our identity in your truth, Lord God. Set us free. Set us free, Lord God, from the bondage of sin. With every head bowed, eyes closed for just a second, if you are here in this church service and and maybe you're watching us online today and you have never made a decision to follow Jesus Christ with your life, you've always held back, you've always been unwilling to do so, you've always, maybe you have in the past, but you know that you really didn't mean it in your heart. And today you say, I mean it in my heart. I want to follow Jesus. I want to be like Joshua. I want to say from this day forward, I'm going to follow God. If that is you, Make a declaration to God. Raise your hand high and say, that's me, Pastor Tom. I'm making a choice today to follow Jesus with everything I have. I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. And if you're online, raise your hand. I don't care where you're at, the kitchen, bedroom, wherever. Raise your hand high and say, yeah, that's me. If you need help, I'm going to raise both my hands today. Raise one foot. Open your eyes. Everything, Lord, take all of me. Help me, Lord God. If you're here today and you're making a decision to follow Jesus, say this prayer with me today. And mean it in your heart. And the Word of God says when we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, guess what? There's something that takes place. It takes place in the spiritual realm. All of a sudden, things start to take place. Things start to happen. God moves on our behalf. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're under, it's, it's a weird saying for you if you're, not, if you're not a part of church, but it's under the blood of Jesus Christ. What does that mean? It means that Jesus sacrificed for your sins. He paid the price that you can't pay. And if, if you made that decision today, just raise your hand or, or just say this prayer with me. Everybody say this with me. Lord Jesus, I choose to follow you. Set me free from my sin. Bring me into your truth. Help me to see my identity in you. In Jesus' name. And everyone said. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.